The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Earn great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. Learn more online at cbp.gov career USBP. To those who visit Mickey D's for their favorite breakfast item and then go somewhere else for coffee, give this Mickey D's brew a second chance. The glow up was real. Try any size iced coffee brewed with 100% Arabica beans for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with a savory sausage McMuffin with egg for $2.79. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Happy Wednesday, May 31st. 2023, and this is 5-Minute Daily Devotionals with Religionless Christianity. Today we're going to be reading and discussing Luke chapter 22, verse 31 and 32. And it reads, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you, that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Now, here we have one of the most fearful, eye-opening, and instructive verses in all of Scripture. We will look at this in three parts, but for today, or for today, let's just focus on the fact that Satan asks permission from God to tempt and torment us, and God, at times, grants that request. And from Job 1, we know that God will even set boundaries around which Satan can operate. There's a lot at work here in these verses, and one of the things we should not lose sight of is God's sovereignty. God is sovereign over everything and everyone, human or angelic. Satan, like you and me, is subject to God's sovereign rule. Nothing, absolutely nothing happens without God either directing it or allowing it, even your torment and temptation. Now, we know from James chapter 1 that God does not tempt us to sin, but we see that he will allow Satan, or maybe to a further extent, the demonic realm, to tempt us. You most likely, though, are not being tempted by Satan himself. Satan is not omnipresent and therefore has to pick and choose whom he will attack directly. You know, I as a parent may see my child doing something or not doing something that I know is a bad idea or could cause them pain or discomfort, and usually I'll step in to stop it. But there are times as a parent we know the best way our kids can learn um, is for us to sit back and watch them do the dumb thing and learn through experience. Charles Spurgeon says, Certain graces are never produced in Christians to a high degree except by temptation. You know, so much of what people often bemoan or get angry at God about, get mad that he allows, is actually done for the express purpose of getting to know God better. You know, we would never know the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit if God didn't allow us at times to wallow in our sins. Yeah, it's true. I wonder why Satan specifically wanted to sift Peter as wheat. What came to mind uh, was these verses in Matthew 16, starting in verse 13, it says, He asked his disciples, saying, 
Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So just my thinking here is that perhaps Satan was aware of what Jesus said to Peter, and he thought he could thwart Jesus' plans. Satan maybe wanted to make sure the church would have no foundation. He does that. He attacks the foundation of things. We see it in our life, how he goes after the man of the house, usually, the husband, the father. He tempts them to sin and not lead their families in the ways of God. He gets them preoccupied in their own interests and makes them maybe Maybe focus on what's negative and not have joy in their family that God blessed them with. If the leader falls, it scatters the ones he's in charge of. And this is something we need to be on guard about. There is hierarchy in God's kingdom now, but according to the roles we have now, and I know Spencer spoke on that yesterday, we are all subject to God, but families are subject to the shepherds of the church. And the women are subject to their husbands and the children to the parents. But the greatest of all is to be as a servant. We have to remember that too. We have to work together to protect the foundation. Yes, we do. And our psalm of the day comes from Psalm 90, verse 17. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Our proverb of the day comes from chapter 31, verses 10 and 26. An excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. And I'll end praying for you from Psalm 145. May the Lord show you he is gracious and merciful slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, that the Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. May you know the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth, that the Lord preserves all who love him. God bless.